You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. I'm going to read a little story to you that really um, grabbed my heart, too. It's a story of a little girl named Mary. Mary had grown up knowing that she was different from the other kids and she hated it. She was born with a cleft palate and had to bear the jokes and stares of cruel children who teased her nonstop about her misshaped lip, crooked nose, and grappled speech. With all that teasing, Mary grew up hating the fact that she was different. She was convinced that no one outside her family could ever love her until she entered Mrs. Leonard's class. Mrs. Leonard had a warm smile, a round face, shiny brown hair. While everyone in her class liked her, Mary came to love Mrs. Leonard. In the 1950s, it was common for teachers to give their children annual hearing tests. However, in Mary's case, in addition to her cleft palate, she was barely able to hear out of one ear. So determined not to let the other children have another difference to point out, she would cheat on that test each year. The whisper test was given by having the child walk to the classroom door, then turn sideways, close one ear with a finger, and then repeat something the teacher whispered. Mary turned her bad ear towards the the teacher and pretended to cover her good ear. She knew that the teacher would often say something like, the sky is blue, or what are the color of your shoes? But not on that day. Surely, God put seven words into Miss Leonard's mouth that changed Mary's life forever. When the whisper test came, Mary heard the words, I wish you were my little girl. See, I don't know if you're like me. Every time I see a story or read something like this, I kind of get teary. Because I think no child should suffer, um, you know, ridicule. I feel like no kids should have to go through the, you know, being different, left out, neglected, or teased, or bullied, or, you know, all these things that we hear so often. It just breaks my heart. And I just want to pick them up and hug them and say, God loves you so much. So, you know, you just want to grab them and say, this is not the truth. This is not the truth. God loves you. You're special. You know, difference is not bad. Difference is God calling you. You know, I just want to do that. But I know I've come to realize something. I've come to realize that children are not that much different from adults. And that we all want a little love. And that we all need a little encouragement. And we all get teased. Right? We all get called things that hurt The same way a child hurts, adults get hurt too. And we long to hear the words, I wish you were my, you know, my child. We all long to hear the words, you're lovely. We all long to hear the words, you're so talented. To hear the words, man, you did such an amazing job there. Like, I don't know how you even do it. Like, you are so amazing. We all want to hear that, right? I mean, I do. Right? We, are, we all have a longing to be appreciated. And unfortunately, it seems to me that we've been deceived into, th- into thinking that we don't need anyone. Like the world tells us, you know, we were out there and it's so cutthroat that I don't need anyone. I got this. I take care of myself. You know, I have my own back. I'm, I got me. Like we've been deceived into thinking that we don't need others to praise us. And because we don't need others to praise us, we don't need to praise them either. 
right? We don't need to point out what's great about them. We don't need to do that because, yeah, we got it. We're strong. We're good on our own. See, while the sentiment of that I understand because we ought to feel secure in the God who gives us identity, the reality, though, on every day is that we do need each other. And we were designed with a space in our hearts to belong. We were designed to feel love, to give love. We were designed to be in community and in feeling like we are a part of something. See, with that in mind today, this is why I'm talking about words. Because I want you, to, I want you guys to know that words are powerful. Words can either be bullets in a loaded gun, or they could be seeds in, the, in a soil that will produce a fruit. So words are either bullets or seeds. Hateful words have caused division for a long time. I mean, we know from the beginning of time, hateful words have caused wars, they have divided nations, they have destroyed families. I mean, they have caused you, I'm sure, to shed many tears. I mean, can you remember somebody hurting you? Can you remember things that were said to you that just broke your heart? But in the same manner, you know, can you remember when someone said something to you that made you come alive? Can you remember the last time that somebody appreciated you? Then it wasn't just words, right? It just, something happened on the inside. And it's like you came alive. Like, man, I never even realized that I had that talent. Or I never even realized that, you know, I could be. Or when that person saw something in you, it made you feel something. It made you believe something. And I want to point out a story in the Old Testament because I, I'm not sure when or why society decided that our words were no longer enough to guarantee the validity of something. The validity of a contract or the validity of um, the blessing, the validity of what we were actually speaking. I'm not sure when our words became almost um, empty, empty promises. But there was a time when that wasn't so. And we're gonna read a story. I think some of you may have heard of it, but I'm gonna give you a little bit of background. So there's these two twins, well, there's these twins in the Old Testament in Genesis. Moses writes about them, um, and they are called Jacob and Esau. Now, Esau was the firstborn. Um, their father's name is Isaac. So follow with me. Isaac had two sons. Esau is the firstborn, Jacob is the youngest, right? In the old times, in the um, Old Testament times, being the firstborn meant a great deal, right? It meant that that child or that boy would receive basically every, all the inheritance and everything from the father, all the blessing would go to that firstborn. So Jacob, knowing this, the youngest, really, really, really wanted to take his brother's place. He understood how important that blessing from his father that was to come to the oldest was. He understood it and valued it so much that he was willing to steal it. So he, if you go back into Genesis, if you want to read the story, I think it's Genesis 25 where the story begins. But he, um, one day when his brother comes in from the field, tired from, you know, um, doing his workout in the field, he's so hungry and he asks Jacob for a meal. And Jacob looks at him and said, sell me your birthright, and I'll give you the meal. And Esau despises his birthright and says, what good is it for me? If I'm this hungry, I'm going to die of hunger. Sure, here, take it. 
He didn't value it as much. Now, this, you know, the story goes on, and then um, Isaac, their father, calls Esau in and says, Esau, I'm about to die, and I want to give you the blessing that you, um, that, that is yours. So go out, go out there, hunt something, bring it in, cook it for me so that I can give you this blessing with a full heart, you know? I'll eat it, and I'll give you the blessing that is yours. And this is where we pick up the story, okay? Um, oh, before that, uh, their mother, Rebecca, really preferred Jacob. Like, he was the baby. He was the, you know, her favorite child. So if Rebecca heard what, um, es what Je e Isaac was about to do, which is give Esau the blessing, and she called her son Jacob and said, Jacob, go outside, get me something to cook, and I'm going to cook for your father so he can bless you instead. Okay? And Jacob was afraid. He was like, no, if he finds out that I'm trying to, you know, manipulate him or to try to deceive him, he's going to curse me instead. And she goes, don't worry about the curse. Let that curse be on me. Go do what I'm telling you. So this is where we pick up the story. Genesis 27. Jacob brought it to him and he ate. This is the meal that his mom had prepared. He brought some wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of the clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed. Side note, his mom had done all of this. So go back and read it. It's an interesting story. She even made him smell like his brother. May God give you heaven's dew. This is the blessing. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's riches, an abundance of grain and new wine. Many nations serve you, and people bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. After Isaac finishing, finished blessing him, and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, My father, Please sit up and eat some of my game so that I may, um, so that you may give me your blessing. His father Isaac asked him, Who are you? I am your son, he answered, your firstborn, Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, Who is this? Then he hunted, no, who was it? Then he, then, that hunted game and brought it to me. I ate it just before you came and blessed him, and indeed he will be blessed. Then Esau heard his father's words. He burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me too, my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Now think of this with me in today. Today, that father could have gone, Oops, wrong son. I take it back. Right? Like today, like, they were words. The blessing was words that his father said to him. They were words, but words in that in in in, in that generation back then meant something. A blessing was could not be revoked. Neither could a curse be revoked, right? So these words meant something. And I mean, look at the the fact that Jacob knew how much these words meant. He was willing to do anything. He stole the blessing from his brother. Because he believed these words were important. He believed these words would come about in his life. I mean, they were just words. See, Isaac understood 
Then once those words came out of his mouth, that, that would be it. That was it. His youngest son was now the heir. Now Jesus, James, right, Jesus is James, Jesus' brother, right in, in James chapter 3, how we ought to tame our tongues, that out of our mouths come blessing and come curses. Right? He says that he mentions this. And he even says, How can you, how can we bless the Lord and curse those made in his image? So, so James, you know, this is New Testament, many, 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 many years later, still says, hey, those the same value, those those words that were so impacting then are still impacting now. You still carry the power to bless and to curse. See, here's the thing about words. Words make people feel. And feeling is often believing. Right? When people feel something inside, they begin to believe that that is true. Now think about your life. When somebody told you that you, when you were little, when your parents told you that you were smart, you believed that. You believed you were smart. When your parents told you you were beautiful, you believed that. As you grew older and a teacher told you you had a talent in an area, you believed that. Right? Because it made you feel like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I can. There's this feeling that comes with it. it all, the same is also true for when they said something negative. Many of you carry the imprints of people's words in your life still to this day because they told you you couldn't. Or they told you that you didn't have the talent. So you switched majors. Somebody told you that you couldn't be, do this job so you didn't pursue any other. You didn't pursue this job any further. You didn't pursue that career any further because someone looked at you and said, that's not for you. Right? Worries, I mean words, carry imprints in our hearts. I want to remind you of that words can change dynamics of relationships. I mean, up until the 1600s in the U.S., there was no such thing as a marriage license. It was words. Commitments and vows were done through words. Now, if you look back also in, in Jesus' time, every miracle he performed were spoken words, right? Every person that was healed, every person that was saved, salvation comes through words. It is, I believe in my heart, and confess with my mouth, right? Salvation is through words. Healing is through words. The miracle that you are praying for and you are expecting for will come through words, the words you believe. The words you speak, the words you claim into existence, the words you declare, your miracle is tied to your words. And so we have to okay. stop thinking that words are insignificant and just tossing them out in the air. Words have power. They have creative power. The Bible says that God spoke the, word in the world into existence. He spoke it, meaning creative power in words. The same, forget not that we are made in the image of God. We are made just like our Heavenly Father, and the same creative power that are in His words are in ours. And so your words, my words, matter. And I want to bring, bring I want to remind you today that we ought to be more careful with what we are saying. Because we can, just, we can send bullets into our own hearts. We can cripple ourselves from being and becoming what God is calling us to be because we are unwilling to speak life into our own selves. 
we keep walking around going, I can't. We keep walking around saying, I'm not good enough. If I only, I, you know, we keep looking at each other and, and, and saying things that are not productive, that do not speak life. They actually are death words. I want to encourage you this morning to be the kind of person who offers praise freely. To be the kind of person who speaks life into people. To be the kind of person that sees that the greatness and potential in people and is able to call it out of them. Right? The person who measures the weight of their words. And let me tell you something else. A thought does not bless anyone. Your thoughts about people, you know, oh, that person is so awesome, yay, great. Be no difference in their life. Now, when you look at them and you say, hey, you are awesome, that changes things. Right? Because how many people are actually speaking that into your life? How many people are actually going about pulling out the talents in other people and saying, dude, you are so good at that? Like, has anybody ever told you that? How many people are going about actually pointing out greatness in people? And I want to encourage you this morning that we would be the kind of people that speak life, that produce life, that just, you know, that are willing to look at others and actually notice. Notice what's going on in them and notice what God is pulling out of them and notice that they can and they will and be the kind of people that just encourage others. See, tell your kids you're proud of them. Don't just think it. Your thoughts are not producing life in them. Tell them you're proud of them. Tell your friends how great they are. How, I mean, if I didn't have you as my friend, I don't know what I would have done. Like, your words, your encouragement, your life has, has, has meant so much to me. Tell your parents you appreciate them. Like, mom, dad, like, I know you pay a high, high price. I know to put food on the table, it's not easy. Thank you. Thank, I value your effort. I value what you do. I value the love. I value everything you're sowing into my life. Tell your boss that they're doing a great job. Use your words to notice and to uplift, to sow seeds into people's lives that will produce fruit. See, we, uh, we kind of laugh in our house because we often ask Maya. Maya's my five-year-old. And if for those of you that know my five-year-old, she is five going on 13. Right? So she is she's super with it. She's like, she's on it. Right? And we often ask her, Maya, do you know we love you? And she almost goes, oh, yes, I know you love me. Like she, you know, the way she, she comes back with us, like, yeah. Or if I ask any question about, you know, anything that has to do with how I feel about her, it's always she, she knows. She knows. And that actually makes me so glad, makes me so happy. Because I, I know she, she needs to understand how much I love her and how nothing can change that. And I feel like some people in our lives need to understand that. As adults, it doesn't change. Some people in our lives need to understand that we love them regardless, that they are special, that they are gifted, that we are for them. They need to hear those words from us so that they can feel like they have a safe place to blossom, so that they can feel that they can be themselves and not have to hide. Right? But people need to hear our appreciation of them. 
I want to look um, at another passage. There's a passage in 1 Peter 4, 8. And it says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. The message version I really like, it says, most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. I love this passage because let's be honest. There are some people in our lives that are hard to love. <laughs> right? I mean, it's true, right? Just being honest. There's some people in our lives that are hard to love. But everybody has something in them that's a gift from God. Everyone. Because that's how God created us. And so everyone has something that you can call out. Everyone. And so my encouragement to you is this. Love covers a multitude of sin. It just does. Right? So if you're able to speak into their lives... If you're able to love them deeply, not lying, because we all know when you're lying, right? The person knows. Don't make up stuff about them. <laughs> Call out the true beauty in them, what is lovable about them. Call that out because that will begin to grow and that will produce fruit. And that will begin to change someone from the inside out. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin, meaning it is able to break all the other stuff. It is able to spring up in, in a hard ground, a ground that is hard with sin, meaning a ground that, that is they're doing everything wrong. They just they can't seem to get it together. That person is messing up left and right, and they just can't. That's okay. Because love covers a multitude of sin. And our job is to speak those words that are lovely into them so that the word of God can produce fruit. So that a tree can grow and that person can actually become. Somebody needs to be doing it. And I want to challenge you today to let it be you. Let we be the people, right, that are going out into the world and seeing things that others are not seeing, and seeing the waiter, seeing the cashier, seeing the, you know, wherever it is that you go, and actually going, man, you got some beautiful eyes. We think that doesn't matter, but that matters. That matters. Because I remember being, I think I was 15 years old, and I was running the drive through and I worked at Cuckoo's Chicken, guys. Isn't that a weird place? I worked at Cuckoo's Chicken, and I remember... There's this gentleman that was passing, and it wasn't creepy. It wasn't awkward. He was like, man, you have really pretty eyes. And I remember that. Because it matters. A stranger pointing out, you know, something special about you, it matters. The same way it matters someone that knows me that's able to look at me and say, dang, you just did such an awesome job. Those things matter. And we are the representatives we are the people that God has been changing from the inside out. We are the people that he's calling to make a difference in this world. And so I want to challenge you this morning. Be the kind of person who speaks life, who sows seeds, and not sends out bullets into the world, complaining about everything that's bad, or disagreeing with everybody that you can around you, or posting things on Facebook that is just disagreement. Let me encourage you, let's not be that kind of people. Let's unite. Let's bring people further. Let's push them forward. Let's do everything we can to lift people up. The world has enough people tearing them down. There's enough of that. And I want to bring out this part. 
Isaiah 55, 10 says this. This is our guarantee. For those of you who believe in Jesus, for those of you who are here today and believe in what the word of God says, I want to tell you that Isaiah 55 gives us this guarantee. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bear a sprout and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. We are speaking those words. Right? We know God's not coming down again. God's not coming down and speaking these He's using us. We are speaking these words. So the word of God that is in us, meaning everything that is love, God is love. So if God is love, everything that's lovely and everything that's love that comes out of us is God. Right? So the words of love, the words that you are speaking into those around you, those near and those far, are words from God. And they will not, that is his guarantee, return void. Meaning it will not come back empty. It will produce fruit. And we want to see people grow. We want to see them produce. And can I just say, exalting someone else will not minimize you. Okay? It will not minimize you. We do not have to be afraid of actually lifting someone up. We do not have, we're not in competition here. There's enough for all of us. God has placed gifts and talents in each of us. We are all brilliant in our own way. Exalting someone else will not minimize you. So don't be afraid to speak that life, to speak encouragement, to speak greatness, to see people succeed. You know, their success doesn't change, doesn't, doesn't make you less successful. Speak success into their lives. Let them flourish. Let them grow. Be a part of their success. This is what God is calling us to, to be agents of change in a world that's so dark right now. In a world that's so divisive. I mean, everywhere I look, there's people complaining and, and discussing why this should be or that shouldn't be and politics and all this and that. And I'm like, ah, stop. What are you, how are you doing? How can I make you better? How can I add to your day? Let's talk about lifting people and encouraging them. Let's, let's do everything we know how to do to just take them to the next level. And God will take care of the other stuff. God will take care. And please do not neglect yourself in this process. Stop talking negative things and saying, I mean, awful things to yourself. Stop telling yourself that you can't, you're not good enough, you can't measure up, you're, you're too big, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too tall, you're too short, you're too, 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 too. Stop. You can. You were created for greatness. You are designed with a, by a brilliant creator with a brilliant purpose. Now go and do it. Now go and become what you're supposed to become. Shine, baby, shine shine with what you've been given shine and let your words produce light let your words produce life let everything that comes out of your mouth be life amen can I ask you guys to stay